tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron. This is only the beginning. Dude, you just blew my mind. And welcome to Tim Paul Hat. You know I am. You know I am here to do. I'm here to rock. There we go. Uh, today's a very special episode. Uh, joining us out of New York City, uh, a very funny comic, uh, really intelligent, is the brains in the whole legion of skanks, uh, <laughs> is the voice of reason, Dave Smith. How are you, brother? Very good, Sam. Happy to be with you. Thanks for having me on. You are, you're on Legion of Skanks. You, you have another podcast, which is part of the problem. And what's that podcast about? Uh, part of the problem is just me uh, ranting about the, uh, the state of politics and libertarian philosophy and getting angry and uh, never, uh, never get, uh, getting what I want. So this time in our history has to be absolutely maddening right now, right? I mean, it's got to be driving you absolutely crazy. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I'm a, a libertarian who hates the government and hates war and hates banker bailouts. So I've, I've been used to it for a while. But yeah, this is this is the craziest. I mean, it's just insanity. Now they have this trillion dollar bill coming out, $1,500, as we were talking on a couple other podcasts, $1,500 from the government in which they're going to tax you on as well. I don't know what $1,500 is going to do for anybody, but that seems to make everybody feel better. First of all, let's get into what is your whole take on the coronavirus? Well, um, you know, I, I mean, like just in terms of the virus, I mean, I don't I don't think that it's just a conspiracy that people are making up. I think it's a real virus and it seems to be a nasty virus from from what I've been reading about it. And now I don't really know, but I just try to read, you know, like uh, like renowned virologists and, and what the scientists seem to be saying seems to be. Uh, a nasty virus. I, in terms of the, just like how it's been handled, what drives me crazy is that so many of these like blue checkmark people are like, well, this is, this is proof that libertarianism doesn't work and you need a, a strong government because who else is going to, you know, be able to force quarantines and cut checks to everybody. But if you actually look at the situation, what it's been has been a failure, deliberate or not, of governments across the globe. I mean, there was a, a freaking Chinese doctor who blew the whistle on this whole thing and it could have been contained and the Chinese government silenced him. Then you have our uh, fucking idiot government over here, the CDC and the FDA, who's telling everybody masks don't help. Don't even bother with the masks because you're not going to know how to use them anyway and it doesn't really do anything, which is basically every study has repudiated that. Um, then you had these, these doctors who were testing uh, against the FDA regulations, and that's how they figured out the thing was here to begin with. Um, and then, of course, our, our you know, the, the government, which is, you know, as well as anyone, it, which is run by blood-soaked monsters, literally, sociopathic monsters who are starving children to death in Yemen right now, what their first initial response, of course, was, well, we have to rob the American people to give $2.5 to the big banks, because, of course, 
That's what you have to do in a fear like this and plus unlimited free money that they can borrow and then lend out to the rest of us at interest. So that was, so yeah, we might get a measly 1200 bucks or something like that, but the bankers are getting trillions, trillions. And well, it's just funny money. It's just made up funny money to the point that they actually budgeted in to their budgets that they're going to get bailed out. And that to me is not free market at all. We are looking at fascism in real time. Yeah, I'm so glad you, you called it fascism because that's really what it is. And the problem we have in America is that everybody on the right calls our government socialism and everybody on the left calls our government capitalist. So, and, and you can kind of see on a level where they're there's some truth to it, right? So like somebody on the right could say, well, the government spends over $4 trillion a year. There's all these government programs. I mean, big government is socialism. And then people on the left go, well, look at all the profits on Wall Street. So that's capitalism. But what we live under is cronyism, also known as corporatism, also known as fascism. It's the partnership between private companies and the government to fuck over the people. That's what we live under. You know, and, and people, when you hear the term fascist, they go, yeah, but I mean, Hitler was like genociding people. Like, we're not genociding people. It's like, well, no, we do that in the Middle East uh, to poor brown people. So no one really. Oh, yeah. What we're doing in uh, Venezuela right now is yeah. uh, complete. And it's completely disgusting. We're, we're stopping supplies from getting there. We're, and here's the whole thing, dude. I'm not in the communism. I'm not in socialism. Uh, I always hear about how communism fails. Because we, we've created this system, uh, this world economic system that runs on the United States uh, uh, economy. Basically, our market is where everybody wants to get into. And if you get into these markets, uh, you can sell your goods and you can make money. If you can't get into these markets, you are in deep shit. Your country's in deep shit and you crash and burn. So anybody who has a, uh, a, a system, whether it's communism or whatever, that the United States doesn't like, uh, they just pound on you and they destroy you. So we have to hear these things about, oh, you know, this doesn't work, that doesn't work. No, dude, we are economic bullies. We're economic hitmen, dude. We are, we are like, you know, it's like, go, it's going to Bernie Sanders. Like you can say whatever you want about Bernie Sanders and his policies. We are seeing a kneecapping of Bernie Sanders right now. He's not even getting a chance to run when he's playing stadiums of people and they can't even bring out Joe Biden to even put two words together. But that's who's being pushed on him. And for me, it's like, I don't like Bernie Sanders policies, but he seems to be the guy that the people want. And to me, that's who should be allowed to run. I think we'll get destroyed by Trump, but let it happen, man. But this kneecapping, this is what they do, dude. Yeah. There's no free market. They can completely and utterly control every, uh, every aspect of it. And if it fails, they battle themselves out. That is not free market. And now I don't know if you've heard about this identity 2020 thing that Bill Gates wants to do right now, which is basically he'll give you uh, this kind of tattoo and this tattoo, they could read it and it could tell you whether what shots you got and all that stuff. And if you don't get the shots, you can't fly, you can't drive, you can't do all these different things. Again, that is fascism right there. And these blue check mark idiots 
just can't stop singing about it. They'll, you know, they'll wear like a, 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 you know, they'll be like, hey, fuck Nazis, but they'll wear a NASA shirt, which was founded by a Nazi. You know what I'm saying? And they'll, they'll, they want the gut, they'll scream about communism, how much they love communism, but they don't realize like when, when you take away guns from people, which is like what they're trying to do right now, the first people who get marginalized are women, gays, ethnic minorities, all the people calling for guns to be taken away. You know, oh, there's so. You know Sorry, that. Wait up. You know that um, guns and weed are essential things that you can buy right now, but you can't buy a gun. Yeah. Well, no, you can now. They they basically uh, they threatened them with then? suing, and now you can actually still get your gun. But they were going to try, and their argument was that there's too many unskilled people buying guns. Who gives a shit? If they can legally purchase a gun, they should be allowed to purchase a gun. Dave, what do you want to say? Well, well. Also, what's what's so infuriating about it is they they claim to be the champions of like anti-racism and the worst crime is being racist. It's like who the fuck do you think gets thrown in prison when you make guns illegal? What do you what do you think happens already with all of the gun restrictions out there? Who do you think it's? What do you think it's not fucking upper middle class white people who are getting thrown in jail uh, for for having a gun a violation? They're throwing you in in, in New York City and. Chicago, all over the place, they're, and for the crime of having a gun, not hurting anybody or doing anything, for the crime of having a gun. Now, and, and who are the people who need it the most? Who are the people who live in the high crime neighborhoods? So it's just going to be another excuse for cops to go ahead and, and target minorities to get more young black men thrown into fucking cages. We literally already have a bigger prison population than China, and their, their population is three times what ours is. So, I mean, it's like, and, and that's what they champion. And they are, they're just the same bootlick, bootlickers that every authoritarian regime has, you know, uh, uh, throughout history. That's what these blue checkmark Hollywood people are. And yeah, they said Trump's, Trump's a Nazi, but they're upset that he hasn't locked down every state in the country yet. It's, it's a joke. It's, it's, it's the mental gymnastics you have to do. You have to warm up before you even start to think about it or else you're going to pull a muscle. It's unbelievable to me. Like, you know, it's like three years ago, we couldn't stop hearing about cops shooting unarmed black people. And now these people want the cops to only have guns, to be the only ones who have guns. It, it makes zero sense. And, you know, I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist. This is a conspiracy podcast. Uh, I mean, Trump isn't Trump. Trump has a lot of flaws, obviously, but he does stuff that I like. And I just think he is just surrounded by globalists who just want to tank the economy. Like, Dave, what is the purpose of releasing all of these criminals? What, is, what are we doing? Like, and then we're taking away guns. Like, what is the purpose of that? What is your opinion? I mean, like, they're just going to start releasing prisoners. Now, listen, I don't think people should go to jail for uh, nonviolent crimes. I think you should go to jail only for violent crimes and stealing. That's it. That's my opinion. But just to let these people out in a time when the economics, just, there's no money. Nobody can get jobs. What are they going to do? You're throwing them out broke with no chance to make a dollar. What do you think is going to happen? That, it's almost like that's what they want. That, and uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, Missouri, New Jersey, or uh, Cincinnati isn't arresting anybody no more. Philadelphia like, like, is yeah. like, yeah, have fun. We're not, we're not arresting anyone. How are you going to release prisoners and then tell them we ain't going to arrest if you commit the crime? 
Yeah, well, it, it seems like it's like this double-edged attack that they have where they, they lock up people who should never be locked up. And then, like, out in, in California, they'll be like, you know, eh, if you shoplift $700 or less, no one's going to uh, mess with you. And you're like, well, that's just a recipe for chaos. Those are people you actually have to protect small business owners. You can't just let people take their stuff. Like, And so it's like this double-edged thing. Like, I don't know exactly who they're releasing from prison. I've read a few articles about this, but it's one of two things. Either you're releasing people who are dangerous, which is a terrible thing to do, or you're saying, well, these people can be released because they're not dangerous, in which case they never should have been locked in a cage to begin with. So one way or the other, they're screwing you over. 100%. And then we have, see, we're just at a place right now, Dave, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. We have a government that is not responsive to the people. There's no, they're not, this stimulus package comes with a, a, a pay raise for those guys who've been fucking putting on this pro wrestling type theatrics that act like they're all, oh, we're going to him and huh? we're going to fight. We're gonna blah, 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 blah. And at the end of the day, they all get more paychecks. They're all allowed to do uh, uh, insider trading, which is tech. People are going nuts. Technically that is legal. They are legally allowed to sell stocks when they get inside information because it's not against the law for them. It's only against the law for us and now you have this thing dave where i don't know if you've heard about but they're going to be releasing the money in digital currency <laughs> yeah which is basically you're going to have to download this app and this and here's where we get into fascism again the app okay you can only use it at certain stores you can only go to certain places to purchase items with your digital currency that yeah. is fascism well, They've well, they've wanted. I mean, there there's been talk from the Federal Reserve and from people in high up levels of government about getting rid of cash. Yeah, they 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 want cash gone, and the the obvious reason for that is that you know they can control digital currency much easier, and you can be shut off. I mean, you can say you know it starts with like a trickle trickle, like okay, you know, like we can deplatform you from social media accounts, then we can get people's like bank accounts removed, and then it's just going to be a normal thing that if somebody's like uh, guilty of some thought crime. Like they hate, you know, uh, you know, whatever they're racist or something like this, uh, then, they're you know, meanies. okay, that's right. They get shut down. And this is why the people who do this empty virtue signaling to just like, uh, be like, you know, I'm anti-racist and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't like racists anymore than anybody else does, but you're, you're really, it's this very obvious slippery slope where you're demonizing someone for a thought crime. Like what really is the problem with someone if they just don't like other people uh, for, of different skin colors, if they've never done anything violent, they've never imposed anything on those people. Why do we have to go at them so hard and demonize them? And then it becomes this broad term that you can call anyone you don't like. Oh, that's hate speech. Oh, what did you do? You referred to Caitlyn Jenner as Bruce Jenner. That's hate speech. That's a, every little thing is now, and, and they widen the range of like, like the Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner thing that would have just 10 years ago been like, well, obviously you can say that. No, they keep making it further and further. And then if everything's digital and all of your, everything's electric, they can just fucking shut you off like that. Your credit cards are done, your bank account's done, and now you're ruined. Um, and it's a way to keep people in line. So we, we, uh, I went to a restaurant recently and we were going to buy, uh, we were going to buy with cash and we didn't for some, I forget, we didn't even have our credit cards or she didn't have a credit card on her. And she's like, I don't have money. I'm, I don't have any credit cards right now. And they won't let me buy. I go, you, you tell them right now by law, they have to accept this cash. It is legal that they have to take cash. She told them that and they gave them 
they gave her her meal for free. They didn't even want hmm. the cash. They just gave it for free. So that's a little cheat code for you out there. If they tell you they can't take your cash, tell them by law they have to, and maybe they'll give it to you for free. But this is where we're going. This is where we're going. I want to get your opinion on um, what, obviously Trump is a, a, de a Republican. We have, and we can talk about whether it's all theater or whatever that is, but we are seeing Democratic governors and mayors just trying to cause what I think is just reckless chaos with the uh, economy. Do you think that is the end game right there that, to, to basically crash the economy to try to get Trump out of office or it doesn't really even matter? You know, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's the end game. I think that um, these, these people are all power brokers. They're, you know, and, and so when they see this crisis, I think their eyes get wide and, and see it as an opportunity, right? Isn't this, yeah. this is what Tim Geithner said and Henry Kissinger said this too. He said every crisis is essentially an opportunity to get things done that you couldn't have gotten done before. So their eyes are all wide right now and they're like, oh, this is the time they'll accept me, you know, it, it, expanding my power in a way that they wouldn't. And of course, they're, they're going to have more power if they get, like the Democratic governors will have more power if a Democrat gets in. I also think that, look, Trump is... Like, I, I believe uh, very passionately that Donald Trump should be impeached and tried for war crimes for what he's done to the people of Yemen for the three years of his presidency. He should, he should be tried for crimes against humanity. It is pure evil. You, you have babies uh, starving to death and dying of, of you know, cholera a very easily curable uh, illness over in Yemen. And it's been going on for years. And, and he's, he's a disgusting human. He's a war criminal, just like Obama, just like Bush. I'm about to say that. Like all of them, okay? And Noam Chomsky does a great job. He rattles off every president of his lifetime. They're all war criminals. That They're being all said, war criminals. Yeah, that being said, I do think that Donald Trump has scared the shit out of the ruling elite since he's been in there. And that's why they've been trying to go after him with this, this CIA attempted coup from the very beginning where they tried to entrap him and, and frame him up for high treason against the country. He's in bed with Vladimir Putin, which was all complete bullshit, like complete bullshit. And so it's like, it's this weird thing where Donald Trump, I think what scares them about Donald Trump is that he's completely unscripted. He's, he's a wild man. He just says shit that like no, no one, ex like it, he's very hard to control and um, they've had a tough time controlling him, but ultimately I think they have. Do you, um, are there things that he's done that you like? I mean, I couldn't agree more with you about Yemen, uh, putting his thumb on the Israeli-Palestine situation, which every president has done. Uh, the uh, beat, I'm getting a lot of crap right now for a couple episodes I've done uh, on, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, BDS and these anti-BDS laws, which are, are complete and utter violation of the First Amendment. Uh, Abby Martin's taking them to uh, court right now, the state of Georgia. Uh, that uh, precognitive crimes, which is something they're working on right now by basically crunching your data. They can say, oh man, you, you have all the earmarks of a someone who's going to commit this crime. We're going to arrest you right now. These are scary things that Trump has done. Are there things that you think that Trump has done that maybe, you know, that is scaring these people, like getting out of the, uh, the Paris Climate Accord, uh, the, the uh, trade wars with China, um, and we can just go on and on to these, all these little things that he's just obviously 
driving, I mean, trillions, if, billions, if not trillions of dollars, trying to put, seems to be wanting to pull out of Afghanistan, trying to get out of Syria. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I guess there's, there's a few little things. It, he does seem, uh, we'll see, but it seems like he actually wants to get out of Afghanistan, which, which would be great. I mean, we've been there, for, it's the longest war in history, and we've just found a way to lose every single year of it. Um, and um, there's, there's a few things that I like, but they're kind of around the edges. I like getting out of the Paris Climate Accord, but really that was a non-binding resolution anyway. It really wasn't that big of a thing. You know, what Donald Trump has done, like there's little things here and there that I like. I like some of the deregulation in the energy sector and a few other things. Um, but he's really, he's said a lot of important things. Truthfully, I think the best thing Donald Trump's done as president has been to call the corporate press the enemy of the people every single day from the White House. I think that's the most valuable thing that he's done. In terms of his policies, I mean, you're right when you say that every president has put their thumb on the Israel-Palestine scale in favor of Israel, but he is objectively worse than the others. Like he's been way more of a Zionist shill than even the average president is, way worse than Obama oh, yeah. in that yeah. department. Um, but Kushner is a basically an Israeli yeah. asset. That's the whole thing with Michael Flynn. That when Michael Flynn wasn't running to make a deal with the Russians, he was running that he was, but it was for Israel. He's meeting with them on behalf of Israel. There's, Jared Kushner asked them to because yeah. they were going to vote on a, they were going to vote on a resolution condemning Israel's treatment of the Palestinians. And now, real quick, Dave, we just found out that uh, Netanyahu went to Qatar and he's been asking for funding for Hamas because I've been saying this forever. Hamas is just controlled opposition, just like ISIS, just like Al Qaeda. You create a monster, and so you tell everybody you have to defend yourself. It's the same thing we do with 9-11. It's the same with beheading videos that the CIA basically paid for. It's, 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 it's unbelievable. It makes me wonder how much real war would ever happen. If it would really happen, if there wasn't this ruling class that made so much money off it. Well, it'd, it'd be a lot less. I mean, I, I don't know if it would never happen, but it certainly wouldn't be a, as frequent as it is now. Uh, look, Israel helped to create uh, uh, Hamas. They, they did this because they wanted to split off power from the PLO at the time. So this was their plan. And then oftentimes they make these plans. Then it doesn't work out exactly as they plan. So they adjust. I mean, this was, look, John Kerry, uh, Barack Obama's secretary of state is on tape on a, on a hot mic or a private recording or something like that. But you can hear him where he basically talks about how, look, they knew that the Al Qaeda in Iraq was getting all of the funding in Syria before they became ISIS. And even after they became ISIS, he goes, he knew that basically all these weapons and money was going toward ISIS, but they thought that that would put enough pressure on Assad to step down or at least to make a deal. And what ended up happening was then ISIS went and decided to invade Iraq and collect all the stockpiled weapons that America had left behind. And they were like, oops, so that's not the plan. So then they had to adjust the plan and go back into Iraq. That's when Obama went back into Iraq. Then they went back into Syria. So like all of this stuff, you know, it's easy to say, I know, I know you're, podcast title is like reappropriating the term, but it's easy to just go, oh, this is tinfoil hat shit, but it's all out there in the open. You can listen to John Kerry talk about it. It's his voice on the recording. He doesn't even deny it. It's him. Well, we basically get, we go out, we get our information. Dave, you're somebody who keeps score. That's the difference between us and everybody else. You keep score. You don't forget. You're not a goldfish. You don't just see what's in front of you. And that's what these people do. I mean, we have liberals crying for war. I mean, again, just like they cried for war in Iraq because of the gassing. They did the same thing with Syria. And it just blows 
my mind how and then you know they're getting mad at, at trump with russia when obama and, and hillary both sold uranium to them that's a straight up deal and, and they don't care it doesn't matter they don't want to be right they just want to they don't want to do right they want to be right and well even the fact even the fact like when you just said about uh flynn making a deal with russia the idea that that would even be demonized or, or thought to be like, yeah, why would two countries who control 90% of the world's nuclear uh, weapons, who would be against them making a deal together? Like, why would you not want to have detente with Russia? Why would you not want to say, okay, hey, let's kind of work together. Let's be friendly and let's stop fighting proxy wars in third world countries where innocent women and children are being slaughtered. Like, who would be against that? And this is what Donald Trump, see, I, to me, Donald Trump was like, um, so like Ron Paul, for example, right? When Ron Paul would talk about the wars, he would talk about the wars in a way that you could tell came from like a bleeding heart. Like, like somebody, who, he's like, I'm against these wars because children are dying in these wars. But Donald Trump was never that. Donald Trump is like an ice cold businessman. And he thinks he's a lot smarter than he is. Like he's, he's convinced of this. Yes, he's convinced of his own brilliance. So he'll say the simplest shit and then think he's a genius for it. So Donald Trump just looked at, it, at the wars and went, this is bad business. We're spending trillions of dollars and we don't even get anything for it. That's what his thing is like. Why didn't we at least take the oil? I mean, we're spending all this fucking money. Like, what do we? So he would just come out and say things like that. And he would say in the campaign, he would say, wouldn't it be great if we worked with uh, uh, Russia to defeat ISIS? And then we just got out of the region and we don't have to spend all the money. And he, so he's just thinking like common sense. But what he's not realizing is like, no, 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 dude, they're not just dumb. They're evil. This is a racket. These weapons companies are making yeah. billions and billions, billions of dollars billions. off this shit. So it's not now what Donald Trump said, which I think is the thing that got all of this on him, is what he said in the campaign is, if you remember, this is in the 2016 campaign, when he said Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton created ISIS. And they asked him again, and they go, well, you can't possibly mean they created ISIS. Uh, they created ISIS. And he said, no, no, no. I know what I said. They created ISIS. And this is what John Brennan, the head of the CIA under Barack Obama did. They armed. Now, this is the term treason. This is Benghazi, dude. This is oh. all Benghazi. Yes, it was. Well, they did the same thing. They took the side of the jihadists in Libya. And that, but they're like people say treason this and treason that. But Barack Obama and John Brennan and John Kerry committed literal treason with a capital T. They armed and funded the enemies of America. Al-Qaeda, they armed and funded America's enemies. That is treason. And Donald Trump, without directly saying that, called them out publicly for that. And this is why the CIA and the FBI and the whole Justice Department decided to, to stage uh, an attempted coup by framing him up. Yeah. And they, I mean, dude, what, what the CIA, what the FBI, what Barack Obama, what Hillary Clinton did uh, when in, in, in wiretapping Trump makes Watergate look like patty cakes. Oh, yeah. I mean, not only did they, they, they wiretap him before, they wiretapped him after he'd already won in an attempt to find something that they could kick him out. And somehow in this weird way, they thought they, thought they could get Hillary in or they own Mike Pence, one or the other. Well, but it's, it's just, I mean, Carter Page being a plant, uh, Stefan Helper, who, who had uh, spied on Jimmy Carter, they brought him back in. He, they were trying to do entrapment on, um, uh, what's his face, uh, the, the Greek guy. They were trying to do entrapment on him. They didn't fall for it. And it's just, 
and, and dude, we were telling everybody there's nothing there. I mean, why, why we were debating this in the United States, dude, dude, the Russian millionaires had taken, um, uh, who, who did the dozer, uh, the dozer, um, uh, steel, uh, Richard uh, steel. They had taken him to, uh, yeah. he was in court testifying mm -hmm. and he had to, he openly admitted in court. He, he didn't verify anything in it. Oh, it was unbelievable. When, when you looked into the details of how much the whole thing was fabricated, it was complete opposition research nonsense. There was nothing to it. But it's not like it's easy to look at it and say, oh, well, when the Mueller report finally came out, it basically found there was nothing there. And when he, he wasn't impeached over the Ukraine gate, which was also complete bullshit. Um, but so you could look at it and be like, well, they failed. So what were they trying to get? But I kind of think it succeeded. I think they got what they wanted to get. I mean, look, we're still in Syria. We're still in Iraq. We're still in Afghanistan. We're still like none of the, we're still in Yemen, uh, you know, all of this stuff. And, and here's what they did. What they did was they created the media narrative for the first two years of Donald Trump's president, presidency was Trump-Russia collusion. Did Donald Trump collude with Russia? Now you try, if you're Donald Trump, making a deal with Russia under those circumstances, right? If he had made any type of deal with Russia, everyone would have gone, well, look, this is proof. Of course he makes a deal with Russia. He's in bed. He's a puppet of Vladimir Putin. So they boxed him into a corner where he couldn't do the one good thing he promised to do as a candidate. And, um, and that's, that's what we're living with now. Are we watching another attempt at a coup right now, in your opinion, trying to shoehorn Joe Biden in where I actually starting to feel bad for him because I don't think he mentally can do it and they're like you got to do it and he's like i got mashed potatoes for brains he's like doesn't matter we're gonna limit the amount of times you go out we're just and we're just gonna get you close enough and if, if at the end you croak we'll have hillary michelle obama or uh, uh i mean dude kathleen harris which i i can't believe anybody's thinking about trying to get her back into anything because she got her ass handed to her dude she arrested more black people than anybody in the history of california she's never going to get the black vote yeah well, what do you think about uh, tulsi what about oh, tulsi? Camille harris excuse well, me well tulsi uh did a pretty good job at exposing kamala harris but now she's endorsing the guy who fucking wrote the legislation that she was using to lock those black people up so i think tulsi gabbard is has just his, you know, she flushed her whole credibility down Dude, the toilet. I don't know what she's that. thinking. I would have just walked out the door quietly, like, hey, I'll see myself out. You don't need it. And just gone to an island and not let anybody know where I was until she's already, was she's, she's already on it. She's already on it. Just stay on the island. <laughs> right? I mean, because basically what she's done is completely flushed all of the hard work that she's built up, all the credibility she's built up since 2016 is all gone. Yeah. Do you think it would have been better if she would have endorsed uh, Sanders, Bernie? Well, the whole well, thing right now is that supposedly Sanders treated her like shit. Yeah, well, it wasn't, he, I understand her not endorsing Bernie. I completely understand that. Bernie Sanders should have stuck up for her. I mean, he, that was a shitty move. They, she literally qualified for the last debate, and then after she qualified, they changed the qualifications to keep her out. And Bernie didn't say a word about it. I mean, Bernie should have said right up there, he said, hey, Tulsi Gabbard should be here. Why is it okay? She's even got all the things that the left should like, like she's a woman oh, yeah. of color, you know, oh, why yeah. is it okay to, to marginalize a woman of color or whatever, you know, left-wing justice. Yeah. Real, oh, really yeah. quickly, real quick. The, by the way, the debates are the biggest rigged game in politics. They did that to Ron Paul consistently toward the end of his campaign, especially the last time when they knew that he was actually something they had to deal with. They kept him off the debate stage the whole time when he qualified and just changed, 
change the rules whenever they wanted to. And they just did the same thing with Tulsi. You're totally right. But that we, if we want to have any kind of modern and fair elections, we have to, we have to work on the debate. Uh, process. Well, I mean, listen, in, in 2016, this is one of the things that the WikiLeaks emails revealed that Hillary Clinton was given the questions by CNN's Donna Brazil before the debate. And this is, we, we have the email and the time on the email, and then that question gets asked at the debate. So, I mean, to a rigged game, like quite literally, you're not exaggerating in the slightest, it is quite literally a rigged game. Um, and look, what, what happened to Bernie Sanders uh, this time around is- um, Oh, first time around as well. Well, first time around, they, they, um, they they rigged it from the beginning against him. The whole the whole the whole primary was rigged so that he could never win. He never had a chance to win in 2016. This time he was winning and he was in an excellent position to win. Leading, and leading. Look, leading it's not yes, and and it's not even like anything behind the scenes. I mean, it's not even like a secret conspiracy of what happened. What Bernie Sanders was the the presumed front runner, the the presumptive nominee of the Democratic Party, and you had all in tandem. Elizabeth Warren, call him sexist. The entire corporate press said he was a Nazi, that his supporters were these evil, horrible sexists. You had Hillary Clinton, the last nominee, come out and say he's a horrible person and he's duping people. And then every, in tandem, every establishment candidate, the Mayor Pete, um, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Beto O'Rourke came back. Kamala Harris came back. They all endorsed Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren refused to leave the race and stayed in and stayed in and insulted yep, Super Tuesday kneecapped Bernie Sanders. So this was now, I mean, you could still say that despite all of that, there's there's some blame for the average Democratic voter who was tricked into this shit. Um, but, but hold on. Uh, the, the only problem I have with that is I don't even think it matters who they voted for. I mean, they weren't even, they did one exit poll and the exit poll, you know, you know, we saw this with Hillary Clinton. If exit polls are off by more than two or three points, we know there's election fraud going on. They did one poll. It was off by 14 points. I, I mean, I'm really starting to wonder if, I mean, we know voting elections are bullshit. I mean, is it just complete bullshit? Like, Maybe. I mean, like, how does Debbie Wasserman Schultz get reelected? How does Barbara Feinstein, I mean, uh, Diana Feinstein get reelected when she had a fucking Chinese spy in her office for 20 years? Yeah. Uh, you know, you might be right about that. I mean, I, I really don't know how real they are. I think that what you, if you're going to be an insurgent candidate, you have to follow the Donald Trump formula, which is that you have to win by so much that they can't take it from you. That you have to win by so much that they're actually more scared of robbing it from you than they are of just giving it to you. Because they, they know there was no way you could pretend that Jeb Bush was beating Donald Trump. Like Jeb Bush was at like 1% in the polls. Please clap. You know, Please yeah. clap. Yeah, you just, you, it was so obvious that you couldn't even take it away from him. And, and they were thinking about it. They were openly talking about changing the rules oh, before I mean, the convention. There's whole things talking about, uh, like, offing him, dude. There was, like, supposedly some emails from, um, who was the guy from Wisconsin that uh, just stepped down? Like, after he was a uh, senator, uh, Paul, what's his name? Walker? Paul Walker, yeah, step, just stepped down. You remember no, Governor, like, Governor Walker, or are you talking about? No, 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 the, the senator that was the head of the uh, RNC. Oh, he was like 30-something the, the running the RNC, and he steps down. Hmm. It, just, it, it, it just made no sense. And, like, and again, 
Hillary pushed him forward because they had this grabber by the pussy line that they, in the thing, they were going to have all these people come out and say what a scumbag he was. And they thought they had it in the bag. And, you know, I mean, here we go into cons- some conspiracy stuff. Like I 100% believe it. You know, we had Alex Jones on, he talked about, you know, uh, the NYPD and this Anthony Weiner uh, uh, laptop basically forced, forced Comey to reopen uh, the emails case, and that kneecaps Hillary Clinton. That just kneecaps him. Why would he open it if uh, he's a Hillary? He's on Hillary's side. He's like a puppet for Hillary, and they force his hand. And, and like, she picked. Dude, it is the greatest loss in the history of human <laughs> competition. Her loss. She picked her opponent. She had every, she, she had all the sponsors, had the, uh, the mainstream media in her pocket, had the media, had all the polling rigged had everything set all, up all of he, hollywood you were talking about hollywood. paul you were talking about paul ryan right uh Sam. yeah paul ryan stepped down there was some weird email stuff going on with him and uh mike pence and mike pence is shady as shit as well um yeah it's the greatest loss in the history man i keep waiting for her, her to pop back up like She's just like Jason Voorhees. You think she's dead, and she comes back and haunts you. Oh, she's got the podcast. Don't forget about her new oh, podcast. Oh, yeah, she's got a podcast. A I documentary. Been- and, the, and the Hulu uh, documentary. Yeah. She's, she is definitely – look, Hillary Clinton wants more than anything else to rule over other human beings. More than anyone's ever wanted anything, she wants that. And she'll try. If she, if, if she thinks there's a slight chance, she'll try. Well, I, um, I, do, you, do you guys think there's any chance of drama at the convention with – because it's gotten – I mean, Sam and I have always thought that possibly she could kind of try to swoop in at the last minute if they end up – I mean, it would be brilliant. She doesn't go through any vetting or anything like that, and it, it just – she steps right in, and then, bam, she doesn't have to do any of the campaigning or any of that. Because I think there's a real chance Bernie's delegates don't play ball at the convention and try to, you know, to if, if he can manage to scrape together enough – he, he, I don't. I don't think he can at this point. So I think, and I, they will not give it to Bernie Sanders. I mean, there you're not going to have the Democratic uh, uh, National Convention give it to Sanders if he didn't outright win it. And um, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I had a uh, uh, Scott Horton, who you guys have had on as well uh, on my show the other day, who's just fucking brilliant. And uh, he's convinced Joe Biden will not end up being the nominee just because he doesn't think Joe Biden can make it that long. I mean, uh-huh. the dude is is in such obvious decline. I, the guy can't answer one question without fucking it up. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and well, so I mean, it's like, look possible. at Robert Mueller, Dave. I mean, when he testified <sighs> about the whole Russian thing, he was like mashed potatoes as well. And it's just like, these are old dogs, man. And they're trying to hold on. And it's almost like when like a new wrestling federation brings back Hulk Hogan and they're just like, Hogan's here. And you're like, it, it ain't the Hogan of the eighties. It's yeah. the same thing with Robert Mueller. And, you know, any, like any of them get the coronavirus, they're gone. They're not recovering. They're not going to get the coronavirus. But it's, if they did, but that's what I'm saying. If they did, you can't recover from it. That's how old or they are. Or that's how they get rid of Biden. He gets the coronavirus oh, and then he's yeah. chilling in where, wherever Epstein's hanging out right now. And they just send him <laughs> over there to be like uh, mashed potato brains. It's, I mean, we know something's coming. It's either yeah. going to be Hillary, Camille Harris, or it's going to be uh, Michelle Obama, that vice president. By the way, Sam, be- can I? Can I just say one thing? I know you thought that Biden couldn't possibly win this many votes, but man, when in 2016, I mean, in 2012, rather, I went out to Nevada to campaign for Ron Paul and we did calling and walking the streets and stuff. And you, you cannot underestimate 
the what year dimness, was this? The dimness in 2012 of the average voter. See, most people I, just I, don't give a shit, dude. I know, I, it, dude. But listen, man, my whole thing is like the internet has changed the game. It moves too quick for them. They can't control the information. So by the time you know they try to control that, he's. I mean, like, I don't even know what he said about the virus. Something about. Don't make the, the, the cure worse than the disease, which is basically yeah. what Trump said. And everyone's like, holy shit, you're crazy, dude. They can't control it. It, it just the Internet has gotten away from them to a point to either. I, I mean, and they keep, keep slapping more and more makeup on him too. If you watch him slowly, they put more and more makeup on. Him. They keep trying to do shit with his hair to make it. Look I mean, like you just can't them. pull that skin back any farther. Yeah, he's falling. <laughs> he really is physically like in a, in a very real way. He's falling apart. It's yeah. just unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And I want to talk to you, Dave, about this. Um, we really don't see, I mean, it is crazy. We don't see any third candidates, any third party candidates here. There is no traction on this one. They're not even letting it, like, nobody's talking about a libertarian. Adam uh, Kokesh, 2020. Oh, yeah, we love him, dude. We love him. Uh, he's been on the show twice. Uh, listen, dude, there's nobody. You know, the Jill Stein can't is, yeah. is she running? I don't even know. It's well, almost uh, creepy. I really like. Um, uh, I I mean, I like Adam Kokesh a lot. He's a good. He's a good person. But I'm I'm backing uh, Jacob Hornberger uh, for the Libertarian Party uh, nomination. I I really hope he gets it. It's looking pretty good right now. I think he would be the best guy for the job. I mean, he's like. You know, he's like a, a way, way, way more serious person than Gary Johnson and, and just way smarter and actually knows what he's talking about. He's not going to struggle to name a foreign leader or not know where Aleppo is. And he's a really principled guy. But I don't think, you know, the problem is like, I, I'm, I really want the Libertarian Party to run a serious, you know, principled person. The problem is then CNN isn't going to invite him on. Uh, you know, he's going to have to find a way to get the, uh, you know, people's attention. Go because, on Rogan. Cause that seems to get more traction than seeing. I mean, no, well, that's for won. sure. What do you mean? Tulsi left, Biden left. It don't look like Rogan's helping anybody. Well, I mean that, I mean, listen, 100, that's beyond Rogan. That, that has nothing to do with Rogan because no matter Jesus could come down and endorse somebody, <laughs> it wouldn't matter because they're going to, they're rigging this election. My whole point was like, if you wanted to get something, Rogan's probably the best. So I want to talk about the Libertarian Party because, you know, more and more I do this, more and more I start thinking I am Libertarian. I think Libertarians are the new, are liberals, basically, in my opinion. They live and let live. There's a lot of that. Uh, but as an outsider, Dave, I, I wonder if, if the Libertarian Party is like the other parties and that the base mean well and they're good people but the top could be controlled opposition. Um, because I, I kind of look like on a national stage as an outsider, what I see libertarians talking about. And one thing they talk about is healthcare. Uh, and the other thing they talk about is uh, free education. That seems to be uh, two big pushes. But for me, I just, I, 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 I just don't think they, they push what, what is the best sell from a libertarian point of view. And what I mean is like, if you take a look at, you know, everybody's talking about like, oh, oh man, you don't want one payer. Uh, look at this country, look at that country. How are we gonna pay for this? Instead, what I think is the libertarian's greatest value is free market. And like the actual discussing of what free market would be in healthcare, such as you cannot patent 
medication. We have free market where everybody does that. Uh, basically, for, for uh, doctors, fee of entry, gone, dude. Like these doctors, they go and they, they have to take these tests and they're paying five, 10 grand to take these tests. They're, they're, they're kneecapped before they give it up. I never hear that. I hey, always listen, hear, I, oh, where are we going to pay for that? How are we going to pay for that? Good luck with the bureaucracy on that. When people are like going to the hospital and going, what do you mean I got a $100,000 bill right now? I can't afford this. So, yeah, so I, I completely agree with you. And I'm doing my best to try to convince libertarians to talk more in that way. So Harry Brown, who was like this uh, amazing uh, guy who was the libertarian uh, nominee uh, back in the year 2000, he used to say uh, all the time, he said, uh, government breaks your leg and then offers you a crutch. And what libertarians end up doing is attacking the crutch. They're yeah. like, oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be giving out crutches. And people are sitting there like, my leg's broken. I need a freaking crutch. You're going to attack the government for giving me these crumbs. You know, if you're attacking food stamps or Medicaid or something like that, you, you have to like kind of explain to people that the government's the one who created the system in the first place. Why, you just had a perfect example, the patent laws that allow these pharmaceutical companies to, to own a drug and then sell it to us for five times what they're charging other countries. That's not the free market. That's a government program. It's welfare for corporations. Okay. And that's what so much of the healthcare industry is. And look, I do think this coronavirus has demonstrated this to some degree where they've gone, what have they, they've been scrambling to get rid of red tape that never should be there to begin with because, oh my God, we can't actually help people in an emergency. If we, do you know they just made it legal for a doctor to practice in any state that he wants to? They just got rid of that red tape. Why was that ever not allowed? Why is it ever not allowed that in New Jersey, somebody's a doctor, but he can't come treat me in New York, but I could go to New Jersey and then he can treat me? What sense does that make other than to protect the racket of keeping healthcare costs high? That's the same thing with the college debt forgiveness. Like, I understand people's impulse to want to forgive student loan oh. debt, but no, I'm just saying I understand the impulse. Like, I, I don't agree with that, but I understand the impulse. But why don't we at some point ask ourselves, why the fuck are the prices so high to begin with? And that's sure. because of a racket between the big financial companies, the colleges, and politicians. And that's, the that's military-industrial complex that makes all that money off of those, yes. uh, off of the uh, board of, uh, the, uh, basically, the what's it called, the board that runs the college. Um, and they, they invest in the hedge fund, and the hedge fund invests yeah. in the military-industrial mm -hmm. complex, which is why a... The uh, uh, boycott, divest uh, movement, BDS, is going to colleges because they don't want to take away that nipple. They don't want to take away that money from the military-industrial complex, and that's why they don't want to play pay players. I mean, if people realize, it's like, hey, man, this is so expensive because the military-industrial complex is sucking up all this fucking money, man. We can make it cheaper, dude. Where does this money go? These, these, who owns a college? The only reason I didn't go to USC was because I didn't want that you debt. you don't have the grades. Uh, <laughs> other than that, and because I didn't want the debt. And now that I didn't go, that person who went, their debt's going to go. So you're telling me I should have yeah. gone? 
Yeah. No, no it punishes. Bullshit. This is the it problem. Me. It's punishing me. Yes, it punishes people who did the right thing and rewards everybody who did the wrong thing. And that's, I mean, how, what a slap in the face to somebody who just finished paying off their college debt yesterday. Wow, and then you're yeah. going to forgive everybody else's college debt. I mean, because he did the right thing, you're going to punish him. So there's, there's major problems with that. I, but I, I will say that I do feel bad to some degree for these, you know, people who, who signed on to this shit at 18 and have been, I mean, they are victims of it in a different sense. Uh, they may not have been, uh, you know, had the same foresight, uh, foresight that you had, but it is a scheme then we push young people into this and people, you know, like bankers and uh, college administrators are getting rich off of this shit. And it is, it's, it's just an evil, evil system, but nobody ever seems to, and, and this is the real problem with Bernie Sanders, you know, is that he addresses some of the problems, but he never really asks what caused the problems or even seems interested in it. It's like, okay, Bernie. So if you're going to talk about forgiving student loan debt and making colleges tuition free, just for once address why in my grandfather's uh, day, you could work a summer job and pay for college. And now yeah. you have to spend $100,000. Well, why is that, Bernie? What happened? What made it? And here's the thing. It was the guaranteed loans. That's what did it to begin with, that they guaranteed you could, you could, that, that banks would finance your whole fucking uh, uh, college uh, uh, experience. And so the price went up and up and up and up and up because there was unlimited demand. Because yeah. so, Bernie Sanders doesn't fucking understand market forces. So he, he really is, like, he may have, he's good on a few issues, but he's really an ignoramus when it comes to a lot of the, the economics of all this shit. And um, that's, you know, it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, we're, we're, I don't see another Ron Paul, you know, out there because he was really the only guy who got all of this stuff. I mean, you hey, want hey, single parent? I, go I, look at how the VA is. Hey, go Sam, look at the VA. I, yeah. Hey, hey, uh, Dave, I'd love to know what you think about Rand Paul because I, I had great hopes for him, and he's, in some ways, been a little disappointing. Uh, what do you think about him uh, as, as an, as a sort of a Ron Paul alternative for the future? Well, I hate. I mean, I really hate to insult Ron Paul's kid. Um, because I just think Ron Paul's like, like truly, he's he's a bigger hero than Thomas Jefferson was. He's like the greatest hero in the history of the country, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's just a great human being who I've met several times, and I, I just think he's, uh, you know. So I hate to insult his kid, especially when his uh, his son is, you know, sick right now and stuff like that. But it's not that. But I'm gonna do it anyway. That was all just a preface. Um, but it's not just like that. He was a disappointment. He was the it was the worst thing that ever happened in the history of the country. I mean, he, he blew it. He had this moment. He had this mandate to be the next Ron Paul and he completely watered it down. He completely sold out and he ruined the entire libertarian movement. And so I, you know, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know how threatened his fucking family's been and stuff like that. So I don't know. I mean, after all, he was shot at, then yeah. hospitalized and yeah. now has a virus. This, this has all happened to Rand Paul in the last few years. So who yeah. the hell knows what's really going on behind the scenes. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was, it was a huge, huge disappointment. He just didn't, he, he compromised in 2016, which was the year of the outsider. It was the year to run on pure principles. And he, he compromised on all the most important principles. So it's, it, yeah, it was a, a tremendous disappointment. Yep, I agree. I agree. I agree. And it makes me sad, dude. Makes me sad because, and he also says stuff like, "I get that you, you're lib, he's libertarian to the bone, but you shouldn't say out loud." Yeah, I don't think a restaurant should be be forced to serve black people. You're like, what? I mean, you're just not going to get everybody. You know, it's like 
You want to say Michelle Obama's got a dick? Okay. You're never going to get anybody listening to you on a conspiracy podcast if you come out and say Michelle Obama's got a dick, okay? It's just you're not. You got you to gotta pick what information you put out to people because you got to bring them in slowly. And to sit there and say, hey, restaurants shouldn't have to serve black people is so, like, ancient like well, to, be, to be fair to him though that's that's a classic gotcha question that journalists like to serve up to anybody who professes libertarianism or libertarian thinking they have a, a few little questions like that that kind of fall into a weird area that make make if you don't explain it really well which journalists never do they never relay the full quote they just take an excerpt and, and stick it out there in front of you know everybody. Right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean that. Yeah. If, and this is what they used to. This is what they used to try to get Ron Paul on. And you know what? Ron Paul would say that, and he would admit it, and he would be like, "Yeah, I wouldn't have supported this government overreach." He's like, "I think it's horrible to hang up a whites-only sign, but I don't think the federal government has the right to tell you what you can and can't do with your business. And once you accept that, get ready for big government tyranny." But you know what? Here's the thing that th then this is to your point where you're absolutely right. What never gets explained is. Here's the truth. Okay, here's the truth. Ron Paul's been preaching what he's talked about since the 70s when he ran for Congress. If we had listened to Ron Paul, there would be about 4 million Muslims who wouldn't have been slaughtered, about seven uh, Muslim countries that wouldn't have been destroyed, just tens of millions of lives that have been ruined because of our foreign policy that he championed against. There's hundreds of thousands of black and brown people in this country who wouldn't have been locked up for fucking drug crimes, drug offenses, or gun offenses, okay? So really, if we had listened to Ron Paul, just millions of non-white lives would have been saved. Um, but he would also say, you know, if some racist wants to go be a racist and not hurt anybody else, whatever, they're stupid, but they have a right to go do that. So that's what kind of needs to be explained to people. And it is tough in a, you know, cable news environment to do no, that. No, I get that. I mean, that's my theory on comedy, I guess. You know, it's just like I defend jokes I don't like because I have to. I have to defend the worst of the worst, you know, and it's because I can't pick and choose what is a good joke? What's a bad joke? I've, you know, like the ACLU has to defend the worst of the worst in order to keep the law rolling. I mean, you have to protect the law, even if the person's a scumbag. So I guess I was wrong on that, man. This is, I mean, where are we going to go from here, man? I mean, what do you guys see happening in the next couple of weeks uh, with this coronavirus? Do you guys keep, I mean, like, dude, uh, 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 you know, Khan's already back to normal. Uh, I mean, we see other countries back to normal, but it just seems like I haven't watched the news forever, so I couldn't tell you what's going on with. with uh, well, you just missed it. You know, coughing on someone is a, a terrorist threat now in New Jersey. What? Some guy got a felony. He coughed on some. Someone told some guy, "Stay away from me," and the guy said, "Fuck you." Coughed on that person. She called the cops. Cops got there. He's a terrorist now. He's a felony, and he's in jail. We're coughing on someone. Have yeah, we lost a, our fucking minds? It's a barbecue Becky. Barbecue Becky all over. Someone coughs on you. You say, he, uh, he said this, he said that. They show up. They're going to believe the woman. Some other person said that's true. Now that fool has a felony. He's in jail for a couple months. It's, it's, it's a threat. Terrorist yeah. threat. It's not going to be a, a week or two in jail. He's going to get, it goes bad. And the, you, and the you governor know what, said. Dude, you empower the stupid. That's what you do. That's what political correctness did. It empowered the stupid that anybody could say they were offended and we were mm -hmm. supposed to all run around. You know, the thing about social media, as great as it is for uh, comedians and content creators, uh, 
every t- every town had a town idiot, a village idiot, and social media has allowed these vil- village idiots to come together and form a group in which they are able to sing stupidity all the time. So what we're doing is we're, you know, it's kind of my whole theory. It's like when you have people coming forward and whether they're male feminists or social justice warriors, we don't really know who these people are. And we empower, it's like, you know, the internet gave everybody a voice. Is that a good thing? Does everybody deserve a voice? Do I need to hear from everybody? Who knows, man? It just, it's, I, dude, I took inner, I took Twitter and I took Instagram off my phone. They're not there anymore. That's not the worst thing, not the worst thing to do. And, and I agree with you. There's definitely, there's good and bad that's come out of uh, the internet and social media and things like that. But I do think that the moment we're living in right now with this whole coronavirus craziness is uh, this is really, really big. This is going to drastically change the country. Um, I think that we're going to be in a steep recession, if not a full on depression. Uh, when we come out of this thing, because this whole economy was a house of cards to begin with. And I think shutting down major cities and and the unemployment that's going to be created is going to be insane. This is, we are going to, if we thought we already lived through it, we are going to really live through the era of big government going forward. You're going to be looking at $2 trillion uh, deficits per year. Um, You're going to be looking at bailouts on a level that we've never seen before. It's going to make 08 look like nothing. Infinite easy money. Uh, We're going to—I have a feeling—we'll be at negative interest rates uh, by next year this time. And um, we're—and you're going to see massive bailouts. Bailouts of huge. The airline industry, the hotel industry, the banking industry has already happened. Many more bailouts. Basically, just huge amounts of corporate welfare giveaways uh, to to the rich. Of complete bullshit. Complete bullshit. Airports, they fuck you every day, $7 waters. They don't let you bring a water in. They're fucking you every day. You got this luggage, you want extra luggage. It's 20 bucks, and we're going to help them out. Yeah. And, and, every day. And we're supposed to help them out. Your internet's getting up. weird. So if you want to charge you eight bucks? Kim, yeah. weird. You broke up right there. Go on, Dave. But, but I think the, the point uh, also that, that has to be understood is that it's not the, the problem with bailouts is, is that, like, and this is the Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren problem is they live in this world where there's like infinite resources and there's enough that we can just move it around and that everybody will be fine. You know, did you see um, when Brian Williams had that guest on who made the mistake of uh, of saying that if if Bloomberg had spent all the money he spent on his campaign, if he had just cut checks, oh, yeah, to yeah, people, yeah, 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 they would yeah. have a million dollars oh. each. Now, forget the fact <laughs> Just, just forget the fact that it's a math, a math error. I mean, and they were off by a little bit. They were a million to a little bit. off. It was, it was actually a dollar fifty, not a million dollars. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, but the fact is that that is their mentality. Now, it, look, if that was true, maybe it would make sense to be a Bernie Sanders Democratic Socialist. I mean, if you're telling me there's one billionaire out there who could make everyone a millionaire and just doesn't want to do it because he's a dick, you'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck? We, well, should make him, we should make him do that. We could all be millionaires. But then when you actually do the math, you're like, oh, no, no, no. It would give us a dollar. That's what it, it would give and, us. And, and Dave, this, this stimulus package they're talking about, they said could give everyone on unemployment, $325,000. So if you want to talk about real money, it's this money that's going to the banks right now. Well, that's, that's right. Make everybody wealthy. But the real issue here, right, is that the, the first off, re, like resources are finite. There, now, there's, now, we could print as much money as we want to, but that doesn't really mean anything. What matters is the actual goods, right? Like if you're on a desert island and there's 10 apples 
and you have $10. And then you go, well, let's print a whole bunch more dollars. There's still only 10 apples. It doesn't matter. what The wealth is actually what's produced, what people make. So it doesn't matter. You can just, but the problem is that when you start bailing out these companies, that has to be paid for by someone. They're going to buy real things with that money, real production. And who pays for that is us. So the question is, should we bail out huge companies who have been making record profits for the last 10 years who didn't have money saved for an emergency? I say, fuck no. Yeah. Well, and they create bubbles. These bailouts just create bigger and bigger bubbles, yeah. which are going to create uh, – eventually, I think the, the, the people will come around and they'll understand that we have to have some kind of currency that's backed by something. By God, I mean, that would be – if Trump could get do something with the Fed, he would win in a landslide. But it's like, what are you going to do? Dude, you want this guy to go up against military industrial complex and the Fed? But it's going to take the devastation of the economy for, for anybody to get to that point again where they would be willing to go back to anything yeah. like the gold standard. It's I, oh, by the way, hold on. Let me, let me just say that by the, when you say the military industrial complex and the Fed, those are one and the same. And there's a reason why nations always go off of a commodity-backed uh, gold standard or any type of back currency when they go to war. This is what's necessary to be an empire is you need the fiat currency. If we were on a gold standard, we couldn't be the empire that we are today. Um, and that's, you know, that's just so, – so they are one and the same. But I do get your point. I mean, it would be one thing for Trump to go after the Fed, but uh, he might not be looking at an impeachment trial. He might be looking at a uh, convertible ride through Dallas. 100%. One, so he has to play some ball. I don't know, man. It's, uh, you know, unfortunately, I think it's going to take a, a just a giant revolution to change everything. And dude, listen, man, they keep trying to take the guns and th there's a giant pushback and they run. If people just realize that we are the power we have all the power. There's way more than us than there are of them, okay? And if we would just wake up and stop letting these trust fund kids on Twitter with blue check marks try to fucking get us all to fight with each other, and we just realize that, you know, middle class, lower class, is we got to come together regardless of your race, your religion, your sexual orientation, or any of that stuff. And realize that the people at the pop top are causing all the chaos. Why they collect checks, man. And when they fuck up, they still get money. And it's just like, no, man, that is not free market. If you can't make it in the jungle, you get eaten. And it's time that we get back to that. Yeah, that's basically our, our system is that the, the people at the top, the big corporations and the super wealthy, they, they have capitalized, uh, uh, you know, capitalism for profits and socialism for their losses. So it's a, it's a rigged game. Um, the people at the very bottom, the poor, get some crummy socialism. You know, you'll get Medicaid or like some bullshit like that, or you'll get some food stamps or something like that. And the people in the middle, the working class and the middle class get pure um, uh, capitalism for their losses, and then they have to pay, they, they have to wear on their back all of the socialism for the rich and the poor. Now, the problem that libertarians have, this is what you kind of got at, at before, is that libertarians come out and start attacking the crummy socialism for the bottom. Well, I mean, that's the last thing you want to get rid of. That's the, the absolute last thing that after you have a completely free market economy and the government isn't breaking people's legs anymore, then you can start to get rid of the crutches. But you don't go after that first because that's the least of it. And it's the least egregious. The, the, the order of outrages are, are very clear. That's why Ron Paul was so great is he got this right away. Outrage number one, 
we're committing mass murder in poor third world countries and spending trillions of dollars to do it. Stop that. Outrage number two is the Federal Reserve is financing this whole goddamn system. Stop that. Outrage number three is we're locking innocent people in cages for victimless crimes. Stop that. Outrage number four is that we've driven up all these costs in healthcare. Stop that. And way down the list, the last outrage is that grandma's getting food stamps. That's like yeah, the lowest for thing. Sure. No. For sure. I, I, know, I know people, they would want to work if they could find jobs. We've shipped everything out. It's been done on purpose. Ship the jobs out so you got two options, military or jail. And they collect checks on both of those. Yep. You know what your option here is? Now Walmart and Amazon. Yeah. That's your option here now. Everyone's like, Amazon, if, you're, if you don't got a job, who fuck? And what's funny is the politicians would be like, hey, Walmart's got a job. They wouldn't let their fucking dog work at Walmart yeah. or Amazon. Yeah, and they're, they're telling everybody go to Walmart. And they can't they're make hiring. enough money. I mean, like Starbucks gives healthcare, but good luck paying your rent and living off of working mm -hmm. at Starbucks. And it's just like, here's the whole thing. Everybody keeps saying they can't bring jobs back. You can bring jobs back. Here's the thing. It's the corporations that are going to take the haircut because they're not going to make ridiculous profits off of paying people nothing. When they pay a living wage, they're going to make all their money back because workers will have money to buy shit. That, you know, don't tell me people weren't rolling in the money in the 80s. And I get it. We had you know racial and social issues back then. We're, we're, I, I think maybe we're better now. I think we are. It just seems like we fight more than ever. But, I mean, like, dude, if everybody had a good, good job, things would be totally different. Dave, man, this is fun. I could talk to you all the time. Just, I love when you have a show where people just scream at each other in agreement. I love it. <laughs> Right. Mm -hmm. It's great. You know, man, I really enjoy having you on. You know, we we are, you know, in a realm of comedy where, you know, we're, we, we do odd, dirty jokes, flickly incorrect jokes and stuff like that. But we also like to have these really fun conversations that I feel people are dying to hear because they can't get it anywhere else. They can't get it from the news anymore. Who knows when the last time they did that. And you know, Twitter won't even let you have these discussions anymore. So these are the fun things, man. You know, we have our shows, uh, you know, we have punch drunk sports, you have Legion of skanks and, but I, I really enjoy having a debate and a talk and like, you know, I've had some people on like Adam green, who's like hate Zionism and people are going nuts on me. And they're like, why'd you have them on? I go, well, because you won't, you won't talk to them. Yeah. You won't have a debate with him. And just, I mean, because I don't think Jews run everything. I think there's layers above that, and they get us all to fight with each other. And I've said yeah. that a bunch of times. Well, Bill here, I'm a, let me, I, I'm a Jew, and I hate Zionism, so I give you all permission to hate Zionism, and you can hate Israel, too. It doesn't mean you hate Jewish people. Yeah, uh, I yeah hate, well, it's just uh, identity politics. It's, man, and it's, it's not... It's not the fucking, it's not like, I don't hate uh, the people of Israel. I hate their government. Yep. Just like the same way, if you, if you hate Donald Trump, that doesn't mean you hate everyone in America. It's, yep. There's a difference between people and their governments. The Israeli government is an evil force. Um, and, and, so, and, and look, here's the truth to it, right? It's not, this is the problem. This is where they get it wrong is that it's like, there's no problem with Jews there's no problem with the, you know, like Harry, the accountant down the block, like he's <laughs> fine. Okay. But there are fucking, uh, 
a disproportionate amount of Jews who are like make up the neocons who are these fucking bloodthirsty maniacs who want to fight every fucking war. And it is their Jewish identity that plays a big role in them wanting to protect Israel. So it's not even like dual loyalty. Like most of these motherfuckers have no loyalty. That's my America. whole thing, dude. It's, a, it's, a, it's about something else. I think it's Jesuits. Uh, I think it's uh, the uh, city of Rome. I mean, the uh, city of London, which is the center of banking in England. That, that it's like, dude, I know a lot of Israelis. I know a lot of Palestinians. They're all good people. It's yeah. like when you have government, high-ranking officials in Israel referring to Middle Easterns as dogs, you have a brainwashing problem. Okay? Yeah. And, it, and, and I talked about this. If you just blanketly defend everybody with, when you don't even know them, listen, Jews are no different than any other religion. Christianity, Muslims, everybody. They have whack jobs. The difference between Jews and everybody else is their whack jobs have better day jobs, okay? They, they're just, you know, they're on the Supreme Court. They're fucking, you know, working at Halliburton and shit like that. So, yeah. I mean, it's just to defend it. That, that's the, if I keep hearing about the rise of Semitism. The rise of Semitism is happening because the internet has allowed open criticism of Israel and people are just blindly defending israel like like any country does anything perfectly like any group is all 100 good there's bad apples in every fucking group imagine me in la uh, how about this an italian calling people who call the mob fucking bigoted against italians and defending italians like they're the fucking they, they all walk on water it would be i would be laughed out of a room to sit yeah. there and act like Jew, there aren't Jews that do crazy shit is ridiculous. I mean, like, dude, Kushner is is a fucking scumbag. And it's like to sit there and, and defend him because he's Jewish is just ridiculous when in reality you should be going, hey, dude, I'm Jewish. That guy's an asshole. It has nothing to do with him being a Jew. It has him to being a fucking psychopath. Yeah, and the more you tell people like that um, who are bringing up fair points and asking reasonable questions that they're this horrible fucking evil person for doing it, the more they're convinced that they're, they're on to something. So I think the suppression ends up leading to more anti-Semitism. And if you had more people who are allowed to have these conversations, then, you know, like, I, I think it's like, it, 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 it can't be that Israel was in favor of us fighting every one of these wars that have been a disaster and killed all of these innocent people and cost all of the, the, all this money and all these lives lost. And yet I'm not allowed to question the relationship between Israel and our government. Like both of those things can't be. And how many of those wars did Israel send troops to? That's my question. None. So I keep hearing that there are great out. I listen to again. I love, I love Israelis. I love Israeli twerking videos. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> fucking wonderful, dude. Uh, Dave, do you got any uh, thing you, any things you want to plug here? Yeah, I got a, uh, I, I, I'm going on tour starting today. I'm going to be all over the country. No, all my gigs are canceled. Uh, the podcasts, podcasts is where it's at. Part of the problem, Legion of Skanks. We keep putting those out. Do you have and, a Patreon uh, brother? No, just uh, gasdigitalnetwork.com if you want to go over there and, and uh, you can become like a supporting member by subscribing. Um, and uh, that, helps, that helps all of us out and keeps all the shows going. And uh, I just want to say, man, I fucking, I really enjoyed this. I, uh, I, thanks to all three of you guys for having me on. This was great.
anytime, all the time. These are the conversations we like to have. And, you know, and congratulations on those two little beautiful babies you got, Sam. We love them. Martha's over there with the baby. So we're blessed. Guys, thanks for listening, man. Uh, You know, these are the shows we're going to do, dude. These are the shows we have to have in these times because the powers that be won't let you. Um, Guys, yeah, no, I mean, I guess April 11th, we might have a show at the rec room. I have a feeling that's going to get canceled. May 1st, we're going to be at the uh, the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane. Then it's Coma Comedy Club at 4.30 on uh, April 2nd. And then April not, I mean, excuse, yeah, May 9th. So that's May 1st, May 2nd. And then May 9th, we're going to be in Chicago, but they might want to move that back because they don't know if it's going to be, everything's going to be open. How long can this go? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Trump said Trump said um, Easter. What do you guys think about that? I would, dude. They should open it right now. Garcetti, said, right Garcetti now. said two more months. So yeah, see, that's what I'm thinking. The president says April. The governor says two months. Mm. Newsom should step down, dude. Newsom, all these guys should step down. They're creating something worse. All right, guys, I appreciate everybody on the show. Thank you guys so much, Dave. Uh, when you're back in LA, come in the studio. And let's uh, yell each other in agreement again, okay? (laughs) Sounds good, brother. All right, dude. uh, God bless your family. I'll talk to you guys all soon. Thanks for coming on. And uh, thanks for supporting the show, everybody. Take care. Global controls will have to be imposed. And a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit. Wake up, Aaron.